You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. You ever thought to yourself, I got to fix my practice. We should start talking about some data around here, but I'm afraid to talk about data. You, my friend, have a problem. You have a fever. You're stressed. You're working harder than ever. And the only prescription is a plan with data. So today I bring on the director of operations, Christina Byrne. She's brilliant. And we talk about the data accountability prescription, three vital strategies for your practice. You have to listen to this. When you follow these strategies, I promise you, your practice will get better and you'll feel better. So please listen up. I hope you enjoy it, and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. You ever feel like you're talking a lot to your team and even to yourself and you're stressed and you don't know why? We're gonna fix that today because you have a fever and the only prescription is data accountability. You like that? So uh, uh, today we're going to be talking, I have an, uh, an amazing human being, the director of operations here. She is just brilliant. One of our lead coaches. She does a lot more than just that here. Christina Byrne, we're going to be talking about the data accountability prescription, three vital strategies for your practice. Chris, thanks for being on. I always appreciate you. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So this is a big deal. We coach practices all over the country. Let's start here. Why is this such an important topic? Well, if you don't have the data, you don't know how well you're doing. And oftentimes what happens is everybody's afraid to talk about data because they take it so personally. So if we look at it as far as data is, is the result of the strategies that you're putting in place and the systems you're putting in place and try as hard as possible to remove that feeling around it, then you're gonna be a lot more successful. The other thing that's important to think about data in terms of versus feelings is that data is the truth. It's the accurate number. It's what is real and not just how you feel about a thing. So you can feel like you're struggling and you're not producing and things are going terrible. But when we look at the data, it's actually you're doing pretty well. And then vice versa. 
doctors can feel like things are going great and everything's awesome. And then, you know, we look at their data and like, um, you have not hit your production goal for the last six weeks. So, you know, it's really, it, it's not about feelings. It's really about data. And I think, you know, the, the, this gives people a lot of freedom to be able to attach numbers to things and, and, and it gives us the ability to then say, this is what we need to do. How can we do this together as a team? Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Sometimes it feels a little punitive or difficult or you're micromanaging, but I've had the opposite experience because, Chris, I felt firsthand what you've described. You know, it's very emotional. I'm talking about how I feel. And if you're mm -hmm. a dentist listening, you know how this is. You are working harder than you've ever worked and you feel out of equity with what's going on. And so it becomes, it becomes a very dangerous situation when you're describing your feelings and it's based on no data. Because if you, you and I don't have any data, we're just talking. Mm -hmm. What's cool is when you can make the transition to grounding your conversations in data or facts, you'll see how healthy they get and how much faster that becomes. It's, right. It saves so much time, don't you think, Chris? Oh yeah, for sure. And and it also, it just, it gives you that ability to be accurate and to make really smart decisions. So you would never walk into a room with a patient and take one look at them and say, oh, they need perio treatment. We need the data, we need the perio chart, we need the, the radiographs, we need all the information. You're not just gonna walk in without picking up a mirror and an explorer and say, this person needs a crown because I feel like they might need a crown. Right. So we have to employ that same methodology that we use chairside when we're in the business office. Yeah, and this is a leadership decision because you have to think about this. You might have this team that's been with you for a long time. You're like, they're not gonna like this. We're not talking about money most of the time. We're talking about critical data points that show you whether or not you're on track. And what's really cool is when you as a leader, this is why you need a great coach, can start grounding some of these conversations in data. You're gonna find that your favorite people that you ever work with love data. Your least favorite people that you'll ever work with don't want to talk about data. They don't like accountability. It's not their thing. They just want to go to work, do their thing, and that's it. And so what we want to do is make this healthy on both sides. And so, and then the other thing is, we'll talk about this, is that when you see data that you don't like, you can, you, you know, you can chart a new course. It's, there's no bad guys. It's just facts, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And how will you know how to get to the end result if you don't know if you're not measuring along the way? So yeah. I think that's really that's really valuable. And to your point, um, when I was working clinically, I worked with a dentist and he was a Dawson trained dentist. And so we had a we it was great. I learned a lot from him and we had a good rapport where there were days when I would I would produce more than he would. And it was so much fun. Like I loved looking at the data at that point when I could say, hey, guess what came out of my chair today? <laughs> I'm sure he didn't enjoy that too much. <laughs> well, and I think he kind of did. <laughs> kind of did. So for sure. Okay. So if I'm a dentist, listen, Chris, where do I start? How do I, how do I, what do I know? What, what should I track? You know? So it's easy to say, oh, here are the 17 most important KPIs to track. And I'm sure that you have 
certain KPIs that your accountant or your bookkeeper encourage you to track. But really, anything that you're tracking should really be related to your goals. What are the things that you said were most important for you to accomplish this year, this month, this day? Um, and so I think that's where we start. When we're coaching a team, the, one of the very first conversations that we have with the doctor or the leaders is to talk about what their successful outcomes would be. So, you know, think about the end of this year, we're sitting together having a cup of coffee or a glass of wine on December 31st, 2024. What has to have happened for you to feel successful this year? And then from there, we can pick out, okay, great, let's let's pick some goals out of that. Let's pick some tangible goals. Because a lot of times it's that they want to have more systems in place, or they want to feel more, more fulfilled at work, or have a better work-life balance. And so those are all awesome outcomes, but we need something that's going to be tangible. So our coaches are really, really smart and really adept at pulling those goals out of those successful outcomes. And that tells us, okay, these are the things that we need to measure. And to your point earlier, it's rarely about money. Um, We love to use the um, the terms, and I'll and we'll talk about it a little bit more later. But the Mm -hmm. lagging and leading indicators, right? Most of the time, the money is going to be your lagging indicator. So once it's happened and you talk about it, what good is it? You can't do anything to change it. So when you're talking about leading indicators, these are the things that you can actually do on a day-to-day basis that are going to help to improve those numbers. Yeah, I think what you're saying is critically important. There are leading indicators that I can influence today, like hygiene reappointment percentage, um, unscheduled active patients. Those are some of my favorite, obviously, because as those numbers get healthier, you're going to find that as a byproduct, the money gets better. Now, remember, I'm going to take you on a little history lesson because I'm 53. Most of the dental huddles that I've seen in 27, 28, 29, 30 years of doing this was this. Our production for today is this. Our production yesterday is our production. We're collecting half of the metrics that are measured or were measured in a morning huddle were all about money. So if you were a new team member, you're like, wow, everything we talked about was money, 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 money. What's really cool is when you can transition to metrics that are leading indicators that truly indicate how healthy the practice is. It's powerful. Now, I want to say one more thing because I have a lot to say about this (laughs) as I do with all of them. Chris, what you said is so spot on. All of your data that you're tracking should relate to a stated outcome and goal. One of my favorite is that when a dentist comes to us and they're like, I got to have a better life. I, I think the practice is going in the right direction, but I need a better life. According to the ADA, the average dentist that owns their own practice in the United States now works 225 days. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. So we do get dentists, or if you're a dentist, this might relate to you. I don't want to work 220. I want to work 200 days and I want to make the same or a little bit more. That is super clear. And with a great coach like Chris, she can say that's a great data point. So we're going to go from 225 to 200 and we're going to keep that at the forefront of making these decisions. Because if you're a dentist listening to this and you're trained the old way, your only thought is produce more. Well, let me help you with one thing. Your write-offs are climbing. You know, so it's one of those things that you have to be clear. And our goal with this podcast is to give you some clear lines of sight and how you can just have a better life. Right. 
right? Those are those are some of my favorite conversations when the outcome is, look, I don't really need any more money. I just, I want to take more vacation time. I want to spend more time with my family. That's like game on. Let's do it, right? I mean, I love that so much. Um, the other thing too is like we talked about thinking about the teams aspect and the and the huddle and talking about that. I hate talking about money and and even a lot of different KPIs at huddle. Um, the other thing to think about is that you have to do what's right for you and your team and not really focus on what industry says, right? So I know the ADA talks about the days per year and that's what they are telling you, but what do you want, right? How many days do you want to work? What production per hour do you want to have? Don't think about what the average industry is or anything like that. Just think about what does progress look like for your team. So if you were at, you know, two thousand dollars per hour last month, let's let's make a goal for twenty two hundred this month. Just incremental progress is where you're going to see the most sustainable growth. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're reporting on this. You know, one of the things that we teach is you can report on your KPIs monthly and weekly. It is valuable. Can you explain that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So if I'm only reporting monthly, again, these are lagging indicators. Now the month is over. This is what we did. How do I have the opportunity to course correct and make this a better month? So when you can report monthly, you know, where are we to our monthly goal today? Now I can say, okay, let's put some countermeasures in place. Let's actually, let's go through the schedule and look for some more opportunities. We've got some openings. Let's look for some opportunities of patients who are here in hygiene or our, our restorative patients who need a hygiene appointment. So how can we look ahead and be really strategic and smart? And, and if you wait till the end of the month, then you've lost that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And so the three vital strategies for this prescription, number one is you got to know what to track. Number two is you got to know what it means. Chris, walk us through that. Right. So again, leading and lagging indicators are really important. Um, Production collections, new patients, those are all lagging indicators. They tell us how did we do? And and it's it's good to know that, you know, we definitely want to look back and see how we performed. But The KPIs that are considered leading indicators are the ones that are going to help us to accomplish the goal that is still right out in front of us for that particular month. So we talked about what are some leading indicators. So I like to look at what is scheduled already for the month. So if it's the month of December right now, and I know that my production goal is $80,000 for the month and I'm at 70 today, oh, that's great. You know, we've got some more room to fill, but that's not too bad. But if I'm looking and I'm only at 40, we have a lot of work to do. And it gives us the opportunity to actually affect that goal before the month closes. Yeah, absolutely. um, diagnostic percentage, perio diagnostic percentage, and accepted percentages as well. Um, as you had mentioned, hygiene reappointment rate, that's a really good one because that helps us to keep patients tethered to the office. We often, you know, let people walk out the door and, you know, or they, they don't have their calendar, they can't schedule with us. So we, we lose them. And you would be amazed at when we go into our metrics for our clients, how many patients are out there that don't have another appointment. They're active patients. Sometimes it's like three or 400 patients who are considered active. So they've had at least one visit in the last 18 months, but they don't have a future visit. And that's just a huge opportunity 
for for us to you know affect what's going to happen down the road. It also saves a lot of time in us having to try to fill the schedule when we keep people in the schedule. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, what you're saying is absolutely so powerful. So as a dentist, I want you to think about this. If you have that many patients that are unscheduled and you have a team member that's accountable to making the data better on a weekly basis, you're going to get to a point where you have no place to put these people. Your hygienist will come to you and go, stop. There's too many people. That's a good problem to have. Remember, these people have already experienced your practice. So you want to build a practice of people that fit your value system over time. So the metric that you're mentioning is one of my favorite because you can ultimately steer your practice in the right direction where you're not just filling it with every new patient that's stimulated by one ad or something like that or an offer. You want to you make sure that you're attracting people that want to stay. Now, one more thing I love. This is one of the hidden opportunities in data. You might think as a dentist, well, I'll just put my team to work on all this. I think it's great when you can pair your your accountability with a chairside assistant who is monitoring how much you're diagnosing on a daily basis because dentists, you can't hide. You like to hide. You like to put this on everybody else. But it's really great when you work with a dental assistant who says, I'm going to hold you accountable to talking about dentistry. It's not about selling. It's about talking about something on a regular basis. Don't you think, Chris? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you think about what your role is as a clinician and your responsibility is to just tell the patients what you see, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, and, and the more value that you build for that and the more you can gain trust with them, they're going to accept treatment. So it, it's never selling when we tell a patient with a fractured cusp that they, they should have a crown on that tooth, right? I mean, that's not selling. We're actually telling them what we see and how we can fix it for them. And that's what we're there for. Yeah. And I, I want to ask you this question. I, you know, this is really important because it, you're listening to this podcast and you think, well, I'm going to start measuring everything. Don't. Chris, <laughs> we coach practices all over the country. Do we encourage them to measure 100 things per month? No. Per week? Oh my well, how God. much should I measure if I'm a dentist? Listening? <laughs> oh, no. We, we pretty much keep it at, you know, for each quarter, there are probably well, there's probably 10 KPIs each quarter that we want to track, and five are the most important ones, the main KPIs that are directly related to those outcomes and goals. Um, and so the way we, we determine it is if we have a, a yearly goal, we then break it down into quarters. Okay, if this is our yearly goal, what do we have to produce in Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, or what measurement do we have to see improve in those quarters? And so that's how your coach is going to kind of help you and guide you into putting in an appropriate goal. We don't want, if your periodiagnostic percentage is three, we don't want you to say, oh, our goal is going to be 30. That's going to be demotivating for for your team. So our coaches are really good at helping our doctors to put really realistic goals in place because that's the time when you when your team gets excited when it's something it may be a little stretch but it is something that they can achieve then they're going to get excited about it yeah if you're like me and chris will remember these days i used to put a spreadsheet together with all the things i wanted to measure because i was going to make everything better and then <laughs> barrett actually created a moratorium on spreadsheets and said stop The truth about any business is you have to keep it simple as it grows. There's so much of the narrative around growing and scaling, and that's great if that's your thing. But you still have to find a way to keep it simple. And even the best businesses in the world don't measure everything all the time. Our company, we have a couple metrics that we pay attention to on a regular basis. And when they're in the green, 
we're doing good. Think about this. In your practice, there's probably about five to six real metrics that make a huge difference and make all the other metrics better. So that's why you got to work with a great coach or somebody that knows data on your team so that you guys can stay focused on a few things. And the other thing I'll just share about humans, humans can get their brains around 13 weeks. What Chris said is so powerful. I don't want to be thinking 52 week stretch. That sounds like a long run. I can go on a 13 week run though and say, all right, we're going to stay focused. And as a team member, there's a lot of team members here. I want to know why are we chasing this goal? How can I help? And you can, you can break them up into committees. You can do a lot of different things creatively and you can learn in real time. You can make this place healthy for the next 20 or 30 years. Now, those are the first two pieces of the prescription. Chris, what do I do when the data, I, I get this. What happens when the data is not trending in the right direction? How do I course correct? Right. So first of all, you have to you have to know when it is in going in the wrong direction. And so what our clients do is they have weekly team meetings. And so this is where we go back to the monthly and weekly tracking. And that gives them time to work on the practice instead of in the practice. Because when you're in the practice and you're having these flyby conversations and, you know, hallway conversations around productions down, this is down, call the lab, do that nothing is going to be communicated in a in an efficient way. So we always talk about being as efficient as possible. And if you can do that and say, take that time to land the plane and, and actually do the maintenance on your practice in those couple of hours every week, you're going to find you're going to be highly efficient, much more productive. It gives our teams this great ability to actually look at those numbers and decide, okay, so it's week two and we're still, you know, X number off from where we want to be. What are we going to do different between now and the end of the, of the month? Uh, so it's, it's actually really helpful for our teams to, to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's one of the things I'll just encourage you to train your team on is the word countermeasures. And we learned that word. Now, a countermeasure is this. It's an alternative strategy to what's going on right now that will fix the number and put it into the right trajectory. <laughs> now, you don't have to overthink about this. If you're a basketball fan, that's called the timeout. When the other team is scoring too many points, you as a coach have to go timeout because you have to stop this. And then you put in a countermeasure, you adjust the defense. You might even do a substitution. I'm going to sub so that we can, those are called countermeasures. Another countermeasure is that when you have a middle school child and they aren't getting great grades and you meet with the teacher, you're like, okay, countermeasure is this. We're going to take the gaming system out of your room and you, your phone is gone now. <laughs> So that's a countermeasure. Right. It works. And my son is type one diabetic. I talk about this all the time, but like the A1C is probably the most important piece of data in my life. And when his A1C isn't in the right direction, they do countermeasures. It's called insulin adjustments, you know, carb ratios, all of those things. The same thing applies in your practice. It's really cool when you get your team around, hey guys, let's work on these data points. You'll be surprised too how much your team has insight on some of these data points, don't you think, Chris? Oh yeah, for sure. When when we can get our teams rallied around, you know, what the goals are, what the priorities are, what the KPIs are that we're tracking, um, and and everybody is really invested in that happening, they will come up with really good suggestions and help to hold everybody accountable to it, even the doctor. Yeah. Now I got to ask you about the whole two hour 
meaning working on the practice. This is one of those things that we encourage and actually make our practices do this, where they land the airplane and they fix the plane in the ground. Here, I'm going to make a deal with you. Anybody listening to this podcast, it works. You just need the right coach to help you. If you're working 32 clinical hours, I'm going to make a deal with you. Give me two hours and you do 30 clinical hours. I guarantee you, you can produce and collect more in less time if it's done correctly. Can we make good on that promise, Chris, and why? Yes, and because we, we've we seen it happen. I mean, I've been here nine and a half years and I've seen it happen time and time again. It is one of the biggest things that we get pushed back on is setting, shutting down the practice. And we've I've had a practice in Connecticut I worked with, with multiple doctors, multiple hygienists, and that was a big pushback, but they did it. And I would say three or four months later, they were asking for more time. Can we have more? Can we have three hours? Can we do this more? And to, I mean, I coached them for quite a few years and they wanted to take their training wheels off. But as I, as I still to stay in touch with them, they are still doing the two hour weekly team meetings and they, the doctors would not stray from that. I mean, they, they know the value of it. Our teams are, are just like, thirsty for communication. And that is where the biggest communication is going to come from. When we survey teams before we start coaching with them, that is above all the number one thing that the team is is just asking for so much from their doctor. And, yeah. and this is our solution. Okay. I got to ask, because I know somebody listening, Chris, what am I going to do for two <laughs> hours? Come on, man. I could be prepping teeth. I could be doing dentistry. What in the heck am I going to talk? About? I've done this before. It's, it's a disaster. It's a recycling right. garbage. Everyone complains, you know, right. what, how, what would our, I do for two hours? Our meetings are very structured. We, our goal is to help you to develop your very own practice operating system. And part of that is that weekly two hour team meeting. The first half of the meeting is catching up with each other. We have a little bit of a celebration, a core value shout out. We do talk about how are we, um, how are we doing in terms of our priorities. We measure some KPIs. We do some reporting. And that's the key is the first half of the meeting is reporting. We're strict. We're just saying we're on track or we're off track. And, and that's it. No discussion. Very little discussion. Every once in a while, we we fall into that trap sometimes too. <laughs> but the second half of the meeting, that is where we say, okay, these numbers were off track. Let's talk about what those countermeasures are. Let's work on these priorities. Let's make sure that by the time we get to the end of this 13 weeks, we have accomplished what we said we were going to accomplish and, and just work on that together as a team. Then after that, we come and we talk about some of the issues that are dragging us down. And we work really hard to identify what the true issue is. We discuss it as a team and we solve it. Yeah. And that helps to take that recycling of garbage out because we don't stop talking about an issue until it is solved. Um, and, and, the, and we have it in that position of the team meeting very strategically because what often happens is you get around a table, you have your team meeting, and the very first thing out of somebody's mouth is, I've got a problem. This is an issue. We need to fix this. And before you know it, you're done. And, there, and we haven't talked about a darn thing that relates to our priorities or our goals. 
Yeah. I ran 20 years of team meetings like that and you were a big part of them. You're like, oh my gosh, what a disaster because I'm a nice guy and people bring problems to a team meeting and you can let the entire meeting be dominated by the problem. Here's what I'm going to say. What Chris said is spot on. If your meetings suck, don't do that anymore. That is a function of poor meeting running. And if you've noticed already, we're big fans of the Traction EOS system. So if you want to really learn the details of it, pick up the book Traction by Gino Wickman. You'll find more details. We've developed and adopted our own system of traction for a dental practice. But you're going to see the insight that actually happens within that. The cool thing you're thinking, and I'm already going to dispel some rumors that you're thinking, I know I want to talk about data with my team. But like, if I get in this repetitive thing of a team meeting, doing it the same way every time, let me help you with something. They love repetitive team meetings that are good. Mm -hmm. They do. It creates what's called the psychological safety. If you're a great boss, a great leader, and the meetings are predictable, they start on time, they end on time. We have time to discuss the issues. We follow the rules. They're very productive. People will look forward to that and they will actually appreciate that. Now think Mm -hmm. about this. If you have a dental team member who's an assistant, they'll really appreciate not doing clinical dentistry for two hours and running from op to op to actually talk with everybody on the team and get everybody together. You not having a team meeting is like me being an airline pilot going, I don't need to do maintenance on the ground. Let's fix this puppy in the air. You'd think, no way, Jose, I'm not doing this. So you got to land the airplane and do some maintenance. And Jen Durst and Brett Levin, I'll do a shout out because they're two of my favorite. They now own 28 dental practices and almost 400 team members in Colorado. I don't suggest that. They just did it. And they use the same methodology that we taught them, which is the two-hour team meeting. And Brett Levin, which you're listening to this podcast, you I'm not doing that. You know what my time is worth. And I said, I know exactly what your time is worth. You're going to do it because these people are ready to kill you. And you're going to talk to them and get organized. He's like, okay. His production went up 35% in 12 months. They started talking about numbers, the numbers that matter, what happened behind. They followed Chris's prescription of what to measure What does it mean? And then how do we adjust it? And it's amazing how much it works. I promise you, this actually works. And you not scheduling time to meet with your team meeting, your team a couple hours a week is like saying, I'm married, but I don't need date night. We're good. (laughs) That's a formula for disaster. If you care about your people, you got to schedule a meeting to talk about things that matter, not just garbage, not just problems. And so please use this prescription to talk about the data that matters. Why does it matter? And then countermeasures. Chris, mm-hmm. any last thoughts you have on this? I guess I, I would say don't don't think this is all on you. If you're right. the doctor, talk to your team about it. Be transparent. If you haven't been up until now, be vulnerable about it too. And say, hey guys, I know I've not shared this information in the past, but I listened to this awesome podcast the other day and this is what they recommended. So I'm just gonna come clean and we're gonna talk about the numbers. And your team will help you. Let them know they they are invested in the practice succeeding too. That's their job. You know, yeah. they wanna keep their job. Yeah, and I would tell you, Chris and I used to do these big training sessions years ago. We used to separate the doctors and the team members And we'd have them write out what was their biggest problem. And you can imagine it was the same thing every time. You know, on this side, the doctors always complain about one thing. And this side, the team members always. What was it, Chris? 
Communication, lack of communication. Lack of communication. You know, I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what she's thinking. And then the dentists are like, they don't understand me, you know? And it's like, oh gosh, it was the same. It was like Groundhog Day every time we did it. Here's what's really cool. And if you're doing it the other way, which means you're reactive, you're talking to team members when they're upset and they're crying and they're ready to quit. And then you're like, okay, let's schedule a meeting. Don't do that. That's reactive. Do this proactively. Like where you're sitting down, we're talking about what matters. We're creating some, some systems. We're creating, you know, a purpose. You're helping people with the gaps that they don't understand. Here's why we do this. Here's what I was trained to do. Here's what periodontal disease really means to me. That is such valuable time when you can have this communication with your team and they can feel connected to the purpose. I'm telling you, it works. You can set realistic goals based on progress, not perfection. All of it works. So I don't know. I could go on and on and on. I know I can't keep you forever. But Chris, any last thoughts before we close up? Uh, I think we're good. I mean, obviously the team meeting is going to be extremely valuable. Um, just make sure that you're spending the meeting pulse time to report on the KPIs and then use your issues time to develop and, and implement the countermeasures. And, and I just, I can't tell you enough. If you do those things, you're going to see success. You're going to see that. Um, and then setting realistic goals for yourself. Don't just be focused on perfection. Like Kirk said, just think about the progress. If, if you're, if you're up one percentage at a time, that's great. You know, in, in the course of 13 weeks, you're up 13%. If you go 1% every day or every week, and that's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. So the final message, just like Chris said, just the data matters. Make data part of your conversation. You'll love it. When you don't have any data, we're just talking. It removes the emotion. You can fix things. Everyone knows what to do and why to do it ultimately as you incorporate this into your conversations. And lastly, I'll just tell you, if you want to see more about how all of this works, one of the coolest things we do is the To The Top Study Club. I'm going to highly encourage you to come. And I think you're out of luck if you want to come in in January or even February. There might be a few seats, but by the time this airs, that'll be sold out too. We started this idea of creating this study club and it's grown like crazy. And it's one of the favorite things we do. So some of the best dental practice owners from all over the country come and they come quarterly to Milwaukee and we share things with them, give them tools. They get to learn from other leaders. And in April, we're going to have our to the top session will be on data to dollars, how to, you know, how to utilize the data that will actually help you improve your practice. And what we're going to encourage you to do, you can see the link down there. You can come for free. I love this so much and it's so good. You don't have to come. You don't have to pay the first time. Come, it'll be on us. If you hate it, let's high five. And you go, that wasn't very great. And then <laughs> we'll just be friends, but I know that won't happen. You'll absolutely love it. Kick the tires if you want to stay. You're welcome to stay. And then also, if you're just a practice owner and you're like, I don't even know where to start. We have a great therapist on our team. Her name is Gina. Gina's <laughs> awesome at being a great partner and listening to you and helping you find out a solution. If it entails coaching, great. If it doesn't, we'll point you in the right direction and we'll leave her contact information. You can learn more about ACT or this coaching process. Don't try to figure out how to run a practice by yourself. This is all we do. You don't have to pick us. 
I think we're pretty cool, but you got to get a coach. You got to get some help somewhere. And so you can talk to Gina and she'll help you every step of the way. So you can look out uh, in our blog. You're going to see a whole bunch of stuff on the accountability, two key tools for accountability success. So you'll see more about that. But Chris, thank you so much for being on. Yeah, my pleasure. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. We'll stick around when we say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show podcast. Hey, if you enjoyed today, which I know you did, just do us a favor, hit the share button, share this with your friends. Keep sending us suggestions for things that you guys want to see, because I know you can have a better practice and a better life. Our goal is to keep bringing it. So you keep showing up. Is that a deal? Okay. So until we see you guys next time, or you hear from us next time, keep watching or keep listening to the Best Practices Show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.